Hey everyone, it's Alex. I realize we haven't released a new episode in quite some time, and candidly, that is because I have been an overextended mom and co-founder. I have been busy building the team here at Parallel, and I'm finally coming up for air. But I have some good news. We will be back with season two this November, and I promise it will be better than ever. And I think I'll be a little bit better of a host this time too, so thanks for bearing with me during season one. In the meantime, we have a very special four-part mini-series that we're excited to share with all of you. It's called Matrescence, and it's a fascinating look into the postpartum mind. We invited entrepreneur, influencer, and new mom, Ami Song, to sit down with our very own reproductive psychiatrist, Dr. Sarah Orrick. The two talk about the realities of the postpartum experience and the shifts that occur within ourselves as we transition into motherhood. Anthropologists call the transition into motherhood matrescence, which is really similar to adolescence because of how enormous the change can be. It's a time of great physical, emotional, and hormonal changes, and it marks the shift as a woman into the birth of a mother. Truth be told, in making this series, I personally learned so much and found the information truly eye-opening. I wish I had this information available to me when I was going through matrescence. Anyway, I'm excited to share it with all of you and hear what you think. So tune in over the next four weeks as we cover topics like self-identity, mom guilt, new emotions, all of the physiological changes and more. Thank you so much and I hope you enjoy it. Dr. Sarah Org, thank you so much for coming over today. I'm like actually super excited to be talking about the fourth trimester, especially since I just had a baby yes. and I'm like going through it. And you're the pro at this. You're the expert. Um, for those who don't know who you are, can you just explain and introduce like introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me in your beautiful home. I'm Dr. Sarah Oric. I'm a reproductive psychiatrist. Um, I have a private practice in Los Angeles. I'm part of the Parallel Panel and I'm also a mother of two. And I noticed that one of your son's name is Teo. <laughs> yes, yes, it's Mateo, but it's also Mateo, Teo. Mateo. Maybe, maybe it's going to be the name of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so can you explain what matricin, matricin is? Yes. I've never heard of that word I know, before. I know. So yeah, matricence is a term you probably haven't heard. It was coined in the 70s by an anthropologist named Dana Raphael to really try to um, capture what it is that this transition is because it's like adolescence. Um, and it really comes from that. And when we think about it, um, matrescence, like adolescence, has one of the biggest changes in hormones, sort of emotional changes, physical changes that occur in a woman's life. And I think it's honoring um, those shifts that happen personally, but also the shifts that happen in relationships, mm -hmm. right? In our relationship to the world, to our work, to our partners. Um, and so I do think it, it's a really wonderful term because it, it captures something you know, in, in one word of the transition to motherhood. And I think it really highlights the impact of adolescence. And I think people can remember how awkward and challenging it was to be a teenager. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like for me, now that I'm going through that at the moment, like postpartum, like with psychological changes, body, postpartum, all of this, and I'm like living through it. Um, and I feel like a lot of these conversations haven't been held. Like I 
I'm so not familiar with it. Yeah, I do think that even though we're moving towards the direction of people being more real about and raw about motherhood, which I think is wonderful, there's still something missing about the full picture. And I think we still have some idealization of what motherhood is or some blissful idea of what mothers should be like. And I think matrescence really highlights that, yes, there are some great highs, but there's also some challenges yeah. um, from self-identity to sort of our relationship with the world. I'm glad you are like talking about like you mentioned self-identity because I think that's something that I struggle with and I've been struggling even before I was pregnant. Um, so like I want to talk about self-identity and motherhood. Um, why is it that we feel these identity shifts as we become a mom? <laughs> so you know it's interesting that you just said that with self-identity and struggling before is that actually we have this notion that our self-identity should somehow be very fixed but you know this, we're transitioning and maturing and changing throughout our entire lives. And I think motherhood is sort of that on steroids. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think that there are so many hormonal changes which do impact, and actually your brain changes during pregnancy. So different parts of your brain grow in order to be able to communicate non-verbally with your child. And so literally your brain has changed. So of course there's gonna be huge shifts in, in who you are and sort of how you navigate the world. I think the other thing is, for me at least, and I'm sure for other moms as well, is kind of like adjusting to like the being a new mom, like having a new routine or yes. the lack of yes. having a routine, yes. um, the independence, all of that. Um, and I think I kind of went through like a mourning stage of, oh my gosh, like I, I don't know who I am. Like I don't, I am a mom, but I'm like, am I just a mom? Like I have a career, like it's yes. kind of like on hold. Like, is that normal? Absolutely. And just think about all the pieces of your life that kind of have to be on hold while you have a baby, right? Travel and also because of the pandemic, travel, friendships, hobbies, um, work. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, especially working moms um, before having children, maybe based a lot of identity around work. And so it does become very difficult when for the first time you're taking a break. Yeah. And if, the other thing for me was because I, I was exclusively breastfeeding. And in the beginning when I was just breastfeeding before pumping, uh, I really, really felt like, oh, my gosh, this is Can't all go I do. <laughs> like, literally, this is all I do. I remember uh, when I was talking to my midwife, she was like, yeah, for the first 15 to 20 days, like you're going to stay in bed. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have so much time. Like, it's going to be relaxing after I have a baby. Like, I'm going to like download like movies. We're going to like, we had our laptop. Do everything you haven't done. Yeah, right? like, and Jacopo, my partner and I are like, we're going to just like watch all these movies like in bed. And it was like, no. Not when she happen. said five days in bed, five days around your bed, and then five days in your room, yes. it was literally like I was tied to my bed. And I'm like, okay, like, what's the point of me wearing a robe? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to be... Yes. Naked. Good for you. Take it. But, but even, <laughs> but even that, right, our autonomy, our bodily autonomy changes, yeah. right? Our body is no longer just our own. We're feeding a baby. Um, so of course, right, even just in that sense or during pregnancy, your body's not your own. You're sharing it with someone, um, right? When body and autonomy of our bodies are such parts of our identity, of course, that's going to be shifted. And I love that you mentioned that it wasn't a vacation at all, because I think sometimes people imagine that maternity leave is like a vacation, but we both know that's <laughs> definitely not the case. Yeah, I think my biggest regret was not taking like a good maternity leave because I only took a month off 
and literally I took a month off from yeah Yeah. like Uh I think it happens to people who are like self-employed but I only took a month off and also by the next week after I gave birth like within the first week I was still answering emails like not me physically but my boyfriend would be like showing me things like okay (laughs) these are pressing things and I now I I feel like like I'm mourning that stage that I didn't really like listen to my body or like really took the time off. Um, And I think it's something that has to do with society where like we're always like hustling and always working and you don't want to be behind. So I feel like, is that I don't know if like, do other women feel this way or is that just me? (laughs) Absolutely. And I love how honest and raw you are about the fact that you did do some work, right? I think that there is this um, idealization of honoring that time, but like the realities are realities, right? You are self-employed or you have a business. And if you stop working, who's going to do it? Right. And I think that's really hard. And it speaks to bigger societal issues, right. Of not having great parental leave in this country Mm -hmm. and things that I think we really need to work on as a society to help make it sort of a better time for new parents. Um, or even right. How, how expensive and exorbitant childcare is. Um, but I I agree. And and I don't know if it's very American. You have your, your partner is European. Um, I wonder what he thought about this. Um, but I do think that, you know, there's all these memes of like how Europeans say I'm off. Um, and Americans are like, I'm dialing, you know, I'm emailing you from my hospital room while I get a kidney transplant or something. There is something about sort of how much we work that I do think is something we have to look at. Um, but you know, I wonder if there's this notion of girl boss or things that sort of also make us think that we can't do both Mm -hmm. or if we're not tunnel vision on business that somehow things won't succeed I think after I had a baby for me the biggest change I've seen um, in myself was like mentally like not everything is so important (laughs) like everything I I used to be like oh my gosh I have to send that email at 2 a.m because Europe is already up like or like oh my gosh I'm like freaking out I'm like oh my gosh, we're not saving lives. (laughs) I could chill. But but even if you were, right, there has to be some space for yourself. Um, And I think that is a really good example of how some growth in matrescence right, has really been for the better for you of sort of being like, you know what, that email's not that important. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is also something that I had to go through um, was like body image, postpartum body image. And especially because I was breastfeeding and everybody said, once you breastfeed, like you start losing weight and you're going to get your body back immediately. I'm like, like I don't know what that happens to like, <laughs> my body held on to like uh-huh. all the weight. Mm-hmm. And well, you just, need an increased caloric intake. Yeah. Like in I was just constantly hungry, yeah. constantly hungry. Yeah. I did not feel pretty or beautiful. And in the beginning stages, actually, I felt really sad because I had so many photos of Jacopo and the baby, my partner and the baby. I had zero photos of the baby and I, like myself, because I just didn't feel pretty. That's not so uncommon. And I, I hear a lot of people or, or people saying they missed the, you know, the hospital photo with mm-hmm. the baby in the arms because simply they just didn't feel like, you know, they wanted to be, yeah. you know, on, 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 in a picture because of all these body changes. But see, this is the, the different, the, the sort of similarities to being a teenager, mm-hmm, right? It's true. those same like people who aren't used to having larger breasts than having it. Um, and that can be really difficult for some people, uh, skin changes, hair changes. Um, and I do think it can really impact self-identity, especially 
when your job has to do with how you look. Mm -hmm. And so do you have any like tips on like how you can feel more comfortable in like your new body, your postpartum body? I think it's always remembering what it's done, Mm -hmm. right? Your body has literally held a baby and you birthed a baby. And that is such a tremendous feat. And then in breastfeeding, you've been feeding your baby exclusively. Yeah. Um, and I think stepping back and sort of thinking about how incredible that is. But I think as a society, we also have to kind of think about, well, our bodies age and our bodies change. How can we be more accepting and tolerant of that? Like I just posted a bikini photo with like tail in my arms. And it's I've like if I think about like myself, even like two years ago, I would have never posted. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have like a little pooch or like I would be so harsh on myself. But now I'm like, I don't care. I just birthed it. this human being but then again sometimes like I'll get those comments like oh my gosh now you have a mom bot I'm like yeah of course I have a mom bot I had a kid I'm a mom and Uh it's so interesting that you bring that up because I've been thinking about dad bot and when people say that it almost feels like cute and for mom bot Mm -hmm. it's almost like well there's mommy makeovers (laughs) <laughs> like that's the thing people do. And yeah. again, nothing against cosmetic surgery. If it's thought, if it's something that you've thought you're thoughtful about, you know, your motivations for it, all power to you. But I do think that there is a real pressure for women to bounce back mm-hmm. or to look a certain way. And I love that you're challenging that because who says that having a 20 year old body mm-hmm. that hasn't birthed a child is sort of the best, mm-hmm. right? But I think we have this hierarchy yeah. of what we should look like. I mean, because even for myself, like I, I already know all of this and then, but sometimes I go through that like negative mental space where like I'm harsh on my body, like my body image. And then I always have to remind myself like, oh my gosh, I birthed a human being, like literally came out of my vagina. Yes, yes, yes. Insane. Like Like, that's a magical power. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this baby is 50% me and 50% Mm -hmm. my partner who I love so much. And I'm like, always just like reminding myself, like, this is not how I would want him to feel about his own body. So like, I always have to be like, okay, Ami, like, wake up. Yeah. So being kind to yourself, but it's also okay to acknowledge the loss and the grief of, you know, I don't know, the perky breasts or whatever (laughs) was different. Um, And I think acknowledging it and working through it is important because I think people that have been to therapy Mm -hmm. know that sort of pushing it down Mm -hmm. or pretending like, oh, it's great. My body's awesome, right? Nothing's wrong. Can, can be a little problematic yeah. and it doesn't really mean working yeah. through it. But I think what you're experiencing of like, mm, I'm not so happy, I don't know if I want to, and then sort of jumping back and be like, you know what, I'm really grateful for this body and yeah. what it's given me yeah. and, and how it was able to carry my child. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm like still like, I'm like now back in my workout routine. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to be like super strong and fit. So <laughs> listen, and, th- and that's all great. Exercise is fantastic for mental health. I think it's just sort of figuring out you know, is it, is it going too far? Mm-hmm. What are the motivations yeah. for it? Is it sort of more internal and, and just being mindful about what's happening, but you know, all power to the people that want to do the, the intense exercise or get on some kind of regimen. Mm-hmm. But I think it's as long as we're thoughtful about yeah. it and what the pressures are and motivations are. Yeah. I mean, we touched upon like how we can navigate like these identity shifts. How do we still like feel like ourselves, like who we are to the core mm-hmm in our new role as a mom. So it's like, it's partly like integrating mother as, as part of this core, but it can be really difficult, especially when you have a newborn and your life completely changes. I mean, for you, you get to travel to exotic places. I'm sure you weren't traveling so much, um, when your baby was very young. And I think 
at slowly integrating those things that you felt or you did with your partner and really made you feel like a couple or like yourself mm -hmm. is super important. Um, it can be very difficult when you feel like you don't have people you trust to stay with the baby. But as you're building those support systems, you know, venturing out of the house, if that feels a little bit too scary, then just going to another room mm. and leaving the baby with someone else yeah. can be really nice steps to kind of trying to find your independence. Um, and I really think going back to things that you really enjoyed. So like a yoga class or whatever it is that sort of got you going yeah. or times with friends can be so impactful, especially friends that might be going through similar life transitions. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great point that you bring up because when I was just only with Teo, like inside the house, like not really leaving the house, I kind of felt like I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know who I am. I feel yes. a little depressed. Yes. But then again, um, I don't know if it was like postpartum depression or just like the fact that I was just not seeing somebody, like seeing anybody. Yes. But at the same time, I felt like I didn't have time to be depressed because <laughs> like, oh my God, I want to feel sad, but I can't. Okay, I have to like take care of this baby. But that's a signal, right? Uh, you need more support, mm -hmm. right? And, and getting out and figuring out how that support works. That's been so hard during the pandemic. You're not alone in navigating this. Childcare is so difficult. Friends are doing other things. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it's important to accept help. I know... I personally, and I'm sure for you, sometimes someone offers, oh, can I send you food? And you're like, no, reflexively say yeah. no. So yeah. instead sort of say yes. Um, say yes to someone coming over and doing your laundry, yeah. as kind of odd as that may be. Yeah. Um, sort of those acts of service can be really impactful. Um, and I do think when you're starting to feel like you might be sort of going into a negative space, especially um, postpartum, we'll talk more about what those things can be. But I do think that's a signal of like, maybe I need a little bit more support. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Oreck, um, for somebody who doesn't have the means to have a lot of help, what are your suggestions? I mean, this is so common now. Childcare here in the U.S. is so unaffordable. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to think about, first of all, these are some systemic issues that we should all be working on to kind of try to change for parental leave, for universal childcare, more affordable access to things. But while we don't do that or don't have that, I think what we can do that are that's really small is brushing your teeth right? Taking a shower, um, noticing what you feel like when you're in the shower, really being mindful during those moments. Um, even something small, and, and as a new mom, you probably know this, even getting out of the sweats or the pajamas mm -hmm. for the day can make you feel like yourself again. Um, so those small little gestures, I think, can go a longer way than we think. Yeah, I love those tips. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> you guys, tune in for part two. Thanks for tuning in to Parallel Lives. Stay tuned for new episodes and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like today's show, we'd be forever grateful if you take a moment to rate and review us. You can find us online at parallelhealth.com. That's P-E-R-E-L-E-L -E -E health.com or on Instagram at Parallel Health. I'm Alex Taylor and you've been listening to Parallel Lives. Thanks so much for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by Parallel. We are a prenatal vitamin and supplement solution that adapts to your changing body's needs throughout your motherhood journey. All of our products offer the highest quality bioavailable ingredients at doctor-recommended doses tailored to each unique phase. 
preconception, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and postpartum and beyond. Because your prenatal vitamin shouldn't be one size fits all. Sign up for our newsletter at ParallelHealth.com to learn more.